Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Club Sandwich. I'm Sam. I'm Mitch. And today, we're going to talk to you about a couple things. Um, They don't really have a lot of relation to each other, but we're going to start with something completely cool and awesome. Mitchell, what did we do yesterday that was completely cool and awesome? Dave and Busters! We went to the promised land. God turned our faces toward the light, and we entered the land of his domain under the name Dave and Busters. We did. So, me and Sam have been talking about going to Dave and Busters for a fairly long time now, but due to, you know, scheduling conflicts and just kind of forgetting about it or (laughs) just neglecting to bring it up, we never got around to going to Dave and Buster's. So, uh, we did. We did. Last night, we did. Um, So, me and Sam, we pull up to Dave and Buster's, um, as you do, beforehand, grabbing McDonald's. And I recited a Bible verse in the parking lot before we went in. He did. Um, It was About, you know, the, the land that God will show you. To Abram, yeah. Before he Abram. became, before, before he, he got was the Abraham, ham, before he got the ham. right, right, or I guess just the ha, because he had the. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, um, my mom's home. Anyway, uh, we went to Dave and Buster's and stood in the line. I spent sixty dollars. Mitchell spent seventy five because he's always got to one up me. I would have spent a hundred, but he held me down. Yeah, um, I'm financially responsible somewhat. Uh, and so we got our power cards and That's what they call them. went in and gamed until our eyes and hands and feet and everything was bleeding and it was awesome and we like destroyed the place like it went up in a giant fiery explosion afterward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it did. That is what happened. We played all kinds of games. What are some games we played there? Sam, now that you mention it, we played Guitar Hero. We played yes. a lot of Guitar Hero. We shredded, dude. It was awesome. Let me think of things. We we did bowling. Yeah, um, we did bowling. Ski ball. Ski ball. Uh, Come on, think. Connect Four basketball. That game is so Personal awesome. Personal favorite of mine. This one where you're like doing NFL football drills. You gotta like you know run through the the tires and jump over stuff and then dodge eagle mascots and golf yeah. carts. Yeah, if you get hit by like a golf cart, you just die. Um, throwing, pitching baseballs as fast as you can and accurately, like how you, when you pitch in baseball. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also spoiler alert: we are not going to be drafted to the MLB anytime soon. No, no. Or the NFL after our performance, but... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like our odds of that were a little bit better, maybe. We did Dance Dance Revolution. And it was r- really aggravatingly K-pop-y awesome. the whole time. No, no, no it, it was, was awesome. K-pop. It was awesome because it was, it, was, it was K-pop, and everyone loves K-pop. That is not true. It's that true. is objectively it's true. false. It's true. Uh-uh. So, um, everyone loves K-pop, as you guys no. know. And then we, uh, what was the game called? Squibble? Squibble. That game was, that one was broken. It was stupid. You have to, like, time a, dropping a yellow ball in the middle of a bunch of red uh-huh. balls so that it hits the middle and you get the most <laughs> tickets, but you... Like the machine was broken, yeah. So you just dropped a red ball. It was literally you the had yellow no ball. The over. yellow ball was in the back door where the red balls were, and th- there was a red ball where the yellow one was supposed to be. So you really didn't do anything. Yeah, you had no agency over the game. And um, we um, also did those coin dropper things. You um, did that. I did that. And I'm not a gambler. We did, uh, uh, the one with the minions, and I got a minions. Oh yeah. I got a minions card with Jerry the minion on it, and he keeps it in his wallet as a valid form of ID. I do. It covers my driver's license. Um, we played some. Mario Kart, we played some Mario at the Olympic Games. Hungry Hungry Hippos? Okay, they had hungry, like life-size Hungry Hungry Hippos where you sit life on the size. hippo. Life-size? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it wasn't the board game. It's no. like you sit on the hippo. You sit on the and hippo. you have like a lever. A lever. you pull. A lever even. A, perhaps a lever if you're strange. Um, you pull the lever and it like chomps down and it was awesome. And we were really competitive in a children's game. And it was kind of awkward because there was a kid waiting for us to get done with it. I don't know if he like wanted to play with us, but we just got up and left. Mm-hmm. Um, we did big game hunting. Yeah, we hit you clowns. Sucked. Yeah, I, I was really struggling at the hunting one. Did Luigi's Mansion? That was awesome. That one was cool. Um, we played more Guitar Hero, and we did like we did the face off thing where like you'll yeah. play, you'll go back and forth playing like 
I play one melody or whatever and he plays the next one. That was really cool. Um, and then by the end of it, we had acquired some tickets. Plentiful, plenty, plenty of tickets, yes. And went to, they call it the winner's circle, which is just like the prize lounge type thing where you get your prizes. And we won some new friends, yes, I we would did. say. Yes, we did, to say the least. So at the end of our journey through Dave and Buster's... Because it was a journey. We were there like three and a half hours. We were. It was great. And Sam the whole time was like, we've been here so long. And I was like, yeah. I and? wasn't complaining. I was just saying it's like, like Dave and Buster's is like an airport. You just lose all sense of time because they keep it dark and like... There's just flashing things everywhere to grab your attention. Yeah, your senses are constantly in action, so you have no chance for any sort of respite to, like, consider your situation. Yeah. But uh, we left with some friends. Sam, do you want to talk about your friends? Um, so I only made one friend unless you consider a blueberry nerd's rope a friend. I wouldn't. Um, I got a Donkey Kong stuffed plush yeah. creature thing, and he is the greatest possession I own now. I would both kill and die for him. He's pretty awesome. He's he's constantly flexing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, you who know, did we you, love... Who did you meet? We love Donkey Kong. Um, I met Big Pikachu. I've got this little Pikachu plushie who's like he's a not little and a half tall. Um, he's awesome. He is a hefty lad. Uh, he's, he's a little chunky, uh, <laughs> but he's my friend. He's, he's cute. He's the old Pikachu um, before they made him, like, mascot. He's, yeah. he's the big fatty. Yeah, look up Pikachu art from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, and you'll see fat Pikachu. Yeah. Um. And then they had, um, they had a whole bunch of things in there. It was really, A lot honestly, of the, Among Us, Squid Game. Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, it was honestly that's probably the most difficult time I've ever had choosing my prize in an I arcade. I had a hard time too. Um, because I mean they have Dave and Buster shot glasses. Like that is pretty awesome. How awesome is that? Even that though I'm not legally of the awesome. age to drink. Um, I considered it. They but... also had. I really wanted it. They had a Sonic like the Hedgehog random grab bag where it's like you could get one of like six Sonic little. Friends. And Sam loves Sonic. I do. They had little friends, and I didn't have enough tickets after Donkey Kong, so I was going to ask the cashier if I could just buy it, but I don't think they let you do that. Yeah. But uh, I also got a little stuffed narwhal that is like, it's more of like a ball that happens to have a stuffed animal shell around it. Yeah. Not shell, but you know what I mean. The appearance of a stuffed skeleton. animal. Yeah. Or a stuffed animal's fur. But it, it's really just like an inflatable ball. Like you can inflate and deflate this narwhal ball and just narwhal. throw it at people. Narwhal. Um, that's a fun word. Yeah, it's fun. So I also got a little bracelet, but who cares? Um, that was just because I, I had leftover tickets. That. You know, everyone does that. You know, you got some leftover tickets. But Dave and Buster's were awesome. Took some great pictures. There's a great Mentalania post on my spam on Instagram. If yeah. you want to check that out to get the full experience. Uh, long story short, Dave and Buster's is awesome. Yeah. So transition. Exactly just, nine minutes. Yeah. In. Uh, well, we're going to talk about the primary topic of this episode because Dave and Buster's, as awesome as it was, it was secondary. Absolutely. Uh, Mitchell, what movie came out recently that we have both seen individually? Well, Samuel. Um, we have both seen the movie Thor Love and Thunder, Woo. or Throm Glove and Thunder, as it is written in our notes. Yay. Uh, it's a movie by Marvel. Shocker. Um, so I saw it in Minnesota with my dad, because um, I was out of town for this past week seeing my grandparents and family up there. Um, Mitchell, you saw this some at some point. I did. I saw this movie... Yeah. I don't remember when it... Oh, I saw it July... I saw it a week ago. I saw it a week ago from today. About a week ago, a week ago. Uh, but by the time this comes yeah. out, would it have been two weeks? No, it would have been two weeks. Um, so we, we tried to give y'all some time for spoilers because, spoiler warning, we are going to talk about the whole movie. Spoiler and, warning, four-hour spoiler warning. Yeah. Um, I have not written down notes like we did for Lightyear, which I realize now is probably... A problem. But I have some notes. We'll get around it. So uh, my opinion mattered more anyway. We'll start with ouch. Um, we will start with the thing where we say our number on the count of three. Are you okay. ready? One, two, three, seven. Six and a half. Yeah, I bumped mine down. I I didn't 
think it was... Yeah, mine had gone down as well. No, I, okay, 7.5. I dropped it a half a point from my first review, which was an 8, and I bumped it up a half a point from my new review. So I'm... 7.5. So what do you have to say? You want to go first? And then... I mean, I guess. I figured I'd let you start because you That's had true. a little bit more organization. I did organization. write more things down. Um, okay. You know, give me... I can buy some time. I'll start with positives. Mm-hmm. So people don't just think I'm a jerk. Because I feel like even <laughs> even on the podcast, when we talk about movies we like, we end up saying more criticisms, which mm-hmm. is just, it's just easier to do. That's... But... Yeah, I mean, I Because kinda... obviously, like, the movie is cool, so I like it. But I don't, you know, like... Well, I and I think just with media in general you can it's a lot easier to point out what went wrong and verbalize that and like yes than to say what went right because i feel like there's only so many times you can be like the acting was really good yeah but then if something you could point out like okay this scene this actor was doing this thing Mm -hmm. and it wasn't good and then there was this like it looked off yeah it's it's a lot easier to point out the visual effects look really stupid here then yeah it was they were in the movie and it was yeah, fine and i think it's just like my com- i feel like i'm comparing any movie to my ideal of a good movie so i'm kind of like saying what makes it different from a movie i would like or say is good you know if that makes sense yeah um yeah, i'll just start so. with my positives about the movie um I thought Christian Bale's performance as Gore was really cool. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a cool character. I think that was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie, if not my favorite, or the best thing they did in the movie, was mm-hmm. cool, interesting villain with cool powers and stuff. Um, I liked them doing a pretty original, different villain that kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like for a lot of recent movies, a lot of the villains have felt like they've been tied into too many things, but it was nice to have a pretty standard one-off villain. Yeah. Um, and the, when the movie start, like the movie starts with introducing him, and my dad turned to me after about like three minutes. He's like, "Is this the movie?" And I was like, "Yes." He thought it was something unrelated. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I thought you know it's Chris Hemsworth Thor. He does he does his job. Um, I like Jane Foster. I like Natalie Portman. I'm glad to have her back. Uh, I love her, I loved the focus on her character in What If, so it was cool to make a live action return. Mm-hmm. Um, Valkyrie's cool. Um, I love Korg. He's a funny, silly Korg. dude. He's Taika Waititi. He's Taika Waititi, and I do love Taika Waititi, who directs this movie. Um, what else? The movie is sometimes pretty, mm-hmm. and I think that's my positives. Okay. Um, I'll talk about a few things. So, first off, the the combat in this movie, the fight scenes, really made me, like, feel some of the Marvel fighting that I loved. Like, I feel Marvel combat lately has not been quite as great as it used to be, if that makes sense. Because um, Moon Knight is one of my favorite things the MCU has ever put out. And even despite that, he really only, like, does cool Moon Knight punching and throwing the glaive things, like... Mm-hmm. Every so often. Maybe 20 minutes collectively. I mean, yeah. not even. Um, and this movie did a great job of, like, alright, we have two, uh, more than two, really powerful characters, and we're gonna have them just kick butt and go to town. Um... I think Natalie Portman doing the thing where she can like break, break her hammer. hammer. That cool. was super cool and creative and was a new way to like make Mjolnir interesting, which mm-hmm. is a thing I never really thought I would care about because yeah. it's a hammer. Um, the fi- Yeah, like you said, Christian Bale did really good. Um, I mean, his acting was incredible. I've seen some things online that are like his... the pacing of his character development was a little weird but i didn't really i thought he was awesome i mean some people are just gonna find something to crap on just because they can um well if i may find something to crap on just because i can i'll say i'll say the response to that because i feel like i am one of those people i loved gore he Mm -hmm. was probably my favorite character in this movie Mm -hmm. it still really bothered me and annoyed me i I feel like he should have been cooler and eviler and been there more. Yeah. A lot and of this movie felt like a filler episode of a TV show that you're just kind of like, 
Come on, can't you get back to the cool part with the character I like that you introduced? Hmm. Because, I don't know, this movie, it starts off with Gore's, like, backstory as to why he's all evil and stuff. Yeah. As if he's gonna get to have, like, a very present role in the movie, and you're gonna get to see into a lot more of his motivation and watch him kill all these gods. But they're just kind of like, oh my gosh, this guy's killing all these gods. And you see him kill, like, one yeah, god. Yeah, you only see... They call him the god butcher, and you only see him kill one, and then the giant, like, ice beast is dead, but you don't even see how he does that. I mean, yeah. I wanted to see... It's just a guy with a sword. I mean, he has shadow powers, but, like, that's a big thing to take down with just a sword. Yeah. I, I It felt like, ah, we don't want to put in the budget to have him CGI kill all these things. Yeah. And yeah. I really hated the ending for his character like it was one of the few times i've watched the end of a marvel movie and like wanted to sigh out loud in a theater i guess we're doing spoilers anyway so at the end of the story gore you know his whole thing is he's trying to get to eternity so he can kill all the gods or whatever and which if if i may interject real quick the eternity thing felt like they just slapped you in the face with it and never like Felt like there was no time for them to ever bring that up. That was never established. Like yeah. they just like with, open a book in Thor's and uh, not Thor Gore's place, and they're like, "Oh, he's going to eternity. Let's go there within like five minutes." Yeah, and I mean, like, like with stuff like the Tesseract and the Infinity Stones mm-hmm. and sort of things of that nature, felt like they had a lot of time to establish them and make it makes some kind of sense. And like the Ten Rings in Shang-Chi. Like, yep. that was a big part of the story and they it's established a whole lot of backstory. With this, it. it's just like, okay, Eternity is like God mixed with a genie, but it's like a place, not a person. Yeah. And it was just very weird. But continue. So, basically at the end of the movie, Thor's all like, but Gore, you don't need revenge, you need love. And he's like, oh yeah. my God, I just killed You're so all these right. people and I'm so evil, but now I'm good because the main character said to be, and I'm going to yeah. wish for my daughter back, and now I'm dying. And then he died. Yeah. I, I, he's like, Thor was only like, you could wish for your daughter back. And then Gore's like, I am dying. And you're like, what? Like... I, I get that, like, the Necrosword is killing you, but they didn't show him, like, declining throughout yeah, the movie? Yeah, no, it wasn't, like... They didn't give a timeline. It wasn't, like, the Necrosword is killing me right now. It's just, oh, no, I'm dying. Uh. Yeah, I'm dying because the plot needs me to die. I don't know. It was just... Yeah. There's so many things in the movie where I was, like... This movie felt like it was missing 30 minutes of scene to clear yes. it up. And that yes. would have still only made it, like, a seven and a half movie for me. Because... Well, apparently, there's a... Taika, Taika Waititi, Waititi has was given a, a two-hour limit. Is what I, I was told. told he has made a four-hour cut. Really? I, I mean, you could take Marvel rumors with a grain of salt, yeah. but I saw some posts that were saying he has a four-hour-long cut that Chris Hemsworth said is the most bat-poop-crazy thing you've ever seen. Release the Taika cut. I know. That's, I mean, it. Get it going. They did it for Snyder. Yeah, but I don't want to watch a four-hour movie. I don't. Um, anyway, that, that could be part of the problem, but I think the, the major vibe of this movie for me is it was a lot of fun and they used fun parts to distract away from how the movie itself was not great. Yes. And another problem I had was I don't think the fun parts were always necessarily that fun. This was... I think the most an MCU movie has tried to make me laugh and the least I've laughed as like a ratio hmm. balancing each other out. Yeah. Like there were because more jokes in this movie than a lot of MCU movies. And the, but it wasn't that funny. And not good jokes either. No. The, the Thanos ice cream store is probably the most egregious thing I've seen in the MCU. Like literally the tweet I saw is like, okay, imagine there's a Holocaust themed candy store. Yeah. Like, the Thanos killed half of existence exactly. and killed so many like Asgardian soldiers during like fights and stuff. They just wiped out like most all of Asgard on yeah. the spaceship. Yeah. Like it, that was the start of his or this where you first see him in Infinity Wars he's wiping out all of Thor's like, loved ones. I get it. Seeing it is yes that's kind of a funny joke but that was not worth it dude. You that that was a low blow even for Marvel. Yeah. And I just, it just, this movie also, 
it, I don't know. Jane Foster, the way they handled the character also bothered me. It felt yeah. like they were like making jokes about her having stage that's, four cancer. That's what I'm saying. Which they, is like, the, the movie, I think Marvel earlier on did a pretty decent job of striking a balance between we're going to be funny and like lighthearted and then we're going to be serious. Like they've done a pretty good job of that with some other projects. This one just hit all the wrong notes about we're going to be like the fate of the all the gods is on this now and like uh-huh. gore is going to murder all of these people. Yeah. And the, and like Natalie Portman has cancer, but then it's like the screaming goats are Fifty percent of the comedy of the mm-hmm. movie, which exactly like, screaming goats in twenty twenty two, really? Yeah, like that was the Taylor Swift trouble. Edit the goat over her screaming two thousand fourteen joke. Yeah, that it's like it just I, I don't know. And what bothers me and confuses me the most is the fact that like Taika Waititi is a director who between well, I guess mostly like Jojo Rabbit and Thor Ragnarok has had these movies that have really high stakes and dramatic elements but are also mm-hmm. some of the funniest movies ever made in like yeah. recent history and so it was weird to just see this poor balance of drama and comedy that felt like with Taika Waititi's movies seemed to run parallel together but in this movie kind of just like hit each other and then made each other suck more. It was like a messy divorce. Yeah. Um, the divorce of drama and comedy. <laughs> yeah. Okay I mean a couple upsides for me Matt Damon, the where he plays Loki in the like stage. Play. That was they, a funny bit. Okay, to bring back. That was funny. The hardest I laughed in the entire movie was Melissa McCarthy as Hella. Yeah, that, that was, was good. So funny because I was good. I was not prepared for her to come out. I was like, oh my gosh. I also think it would be hilarious if they ever do Squirrel Girl for her to be Squirrel Girl. I just. I, I know I shouldn't, but Melissa McCarthy is really, really funny to me. <laughs> um, so just seeing her made me happy. The soundtrack, if you don't like Guns N' Roses, you probably hated it. But I was raised by a guy who played in college bands in the 80s and 90s. So I like Guns N' Roses, so I loved it. And it wasn't just like... Because they use Sweet Child of Mine in like every trailer. Yeah, they did that. Which I was like, okay, that's going to be in the movie at some point. But they also did... Um, Welcome to the Jungle! They did Welcome to the Jungle, Mr. Brownstone. Like I said, they did Sweet Child of Mine. They did November Rain, I think, and Patience. And they had an ABBA song in there. They did. They, they did have an, they ABBA, put song. an ABBA song. They put an ABBA song over, in the Marvel movie. Over a sad romantic scene. Which is just Mamma Mia, and Mamma Mia is one of my favorite movies ever. I don't, I still to this day can't rationalize why, but I, I loved the soundtrack. It was, I mean, I can't remember the last Marvel movie where I was just cheesing over the music so much. I also love Guns N' Roses. I also didn't like this movie's soundtrack. <laughs> I don't know, it just felt... I don't know, it felt like unoriginal or lazy to do the same band for like every song and there didn't feel like enough like thematic connection between between Thor and Guns N' Roses. Like Guns N' Roses is even referenced by a character in the movie. Yeah, I was like what's am I missing some kind of like inside joke or reason that Thor is obsessed with Guns N' Roses? Thor isn't the one obsessed with Guns N' Roses. Well no, it just like it would have made sense if he was because of how much they used it so I was confused as to why it was why the whole soundtrack was the eh. same band and I feel like I liked it I I don't it just it's like why why Guns N' Roses you have there's no attachment or connection to Guns N' Roses because they make awesome music yeah but so do a billion other rock artists that they could have used to add some variety instead of just hearing the same kind of music and the same voice for every song in the movie and I feel like what I love so much about some other Marvel soundtracks that are amazing, like the Guardians movies, is they pull out some, like, a few, like, deep cuts of songs that are older, like, oh, like, I've never heard this song before, and now it's really awesome. But this movie was, like, it's all Guns N' Roses. And also, this is a weird criticism, because I don't know if this is one that, like, a lot of people will notice or care about, but sometimes I feel like the audio wasn't mixed well or, like, edited in well. Like, there were times where music would play, and it felt, like, not loud enough or too loud 
and the CG in this movie had its moments where Ooh. it was not good. The floating head of Heimdall's son is <laughs> like I've I like I've said I keep up with like animation Twitter and like social media stuff and see what's going on there. And I mean, dude, there have been so many reports coming out of people quitting Marvel. Yep. Like their video effects yep. team. CG artists saying that like Marvel is the worst person to work for because they're so rushed and like have such High yeah. expectations for what they're supposed to put out, which I think, as we talked about briefly before, is yeah. that Marvel's had this issue where they're putting too much out there, which we'll talk about more in a second. Yeah, they just, they don't give the people enough time and then get mad at them when it sucks, which is like, exactly that's what's going to happen if you ask somebody to recreate the Mona Lisa in like two days, it's not going to look very good. Yeah, I mean, there's been... There's a few scenes from movies where, like, I watch them and it looks fine, but if you, like, take a snapshot of it, it looks bad. Like, that's understandable. Yeah. But there were times where I was looking on screen in the theater, yeah. not trying to be critical, and I would look at yes. it and I'd go, that scene does not look good. Like, no. they look like they're standing in a blank green screen room. Yeah. And the the Heimdall's son thing was... Was, was awful. Yeah. I, I think, um, what was, what was the Realm of the Gods called? It wasn't Olympus. Um, it was Omnipotent City. Omnipotent City. I think there were shots of that that looked really, really good. And yes, you could tell, like, true. that was supposed to be the big, pretty set piece that they were going to, like, market the movie with. Um, but then there are just some of it that looks weird, and some of the gods looked atrocious. Which, another thing about the gods, Marvel has been just... Mm losing their mind over cameos and connections and tie-ins and like everything's a part of everything and it's all going to be this big thing that builds yep. up like yep. that's what you people like clearly because of No Way Home and Avengers stuff and then you have an entire movie about pantheons of gods and the fate of all the gods and everything like that and then you fail to address the Egyptian pantheon, which, which is you like just introduced, which you just introduced, which is like the third most famous pantheon of gods yep. in the history of mm -hmm. the world, and Khonshu and Moon Knight, all that stuff is never even touched on or mentioned. Yeah. There's not even like or like bossed. I of didn't like Black Panther's yeah, universe. Yeah, exactly. I didn't expect them to be like a character, or mm -hmm. I mean, I just expected like one shot. He ought to be there because mm -hmm. what's the point? You know? Or even like, you could have even referenced the Eternals in some way because the yeah. some of the Eternals are meant to be standings. Like Athena is like the like Athena, like yeah. she's supposed to be like the Greek goddess. And then it's, it's just weird. They're trying to. I think. I mean, this is something we can talk about, but the MCU has gotten to a point where, and I mean, I guess Marvel Comics is at fault for this because they did it first. But I mean, they started out with like Thor being the first mythological god and not just like person who is really good or smart or technologically advanced or has superpowers like they started doing mythology and gods and then the problem is they kept expanding and expanding so you've got all these pantheons of gods you've got the eternal exist you've got multiverse you've got different timelines with Loki you've got the watcher you've got like I know Marvel Comics has these, like, three dudes that sit at the center of the universe and, The like, Living Tribunal. Something like that. Yeah, and then the TVA, whoever the heads of the TVA were in Loki, I don't even remember them. Mm -hmm. It's like, how are you going to... Who's the highest power in this universe? Like, yeah. I mean, and people still say, like, oh my god, the Christian god. And there's, like, Christianity... Christianity in it, like... <laughs> Captain America does say, there's only one god, ma'am. Yeah, like, <laughs> dude... They just, you can't power scale anything anymore, and it doesn't feel like, like, was Eternity supposed to be the biggest thing at the center of the universe? Yeah. Was, I mean, they just can't make up their minds on what the limits are, because, mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but, like, you've got to pull the reins in on a universe so that it actually, like, has any kind of impact, yep. you know? Yep. I think they're... They're moving too fast. Like, yeah. I mean, they went so quickly from, like, Avengers Endgame was too much for some people. Like, they're like, whoa, this is yeah. a lot of characters. Yeah. But now they're like, okay, so if that was too much for you, 
Now we're going to address the context of like infinite universes and timelines crossing over with each other mm-hmm. and um, entire pantheons of gods that the, all exist at the same time. Because of Loki and then like What If and No Way Home and Doctor Strange, they have timelines and multiverses going at the same time, which are two like yes. different things that almost functionally achieve a similar purpose. Yes, it was. I was confused because I thought... They've confused me with what their logic is about the multiverse and timelines because it seemed to be that, like, Loki set up, like, there was one timeline that then split. Yeah. And so that happened outside of time. Mm -hmm. But it also seems to separately exist. Like, there's, like, time variants of things, but there's also, like, separately existing universes within the multiverse. And if I'm just stupid and and those are the same thing, then, you know... If you, that's their fault for not explaining it well. When yeah. I feel like I'm someone who understands the MCU fairly yeah. well. Yeah, I mean... And it, does research and watches re- videos and watches every movie. And then another issue with when you start doing that is with... When you start having, like, this guy is going to kill all the gods in existence. And this dude is going to snap away half of all living life. Mm-hmm. And this, we're trying to prevent... Like, Doctor Strange is trying to stop different multiverses from colliding on one another and destroying themselves how am i going to take it seriously when like falcon as the or like new captain america is getting shot at by dudes with guns in tracksuits like you know yeah it's just they i think they jumped too quickly into stuff that was too complicated like they took like, Marvel was basically leading up to Thanos, and yeah. the Infinity Stones were building up to that for so long. Mm-hmm. And it was like we and it was a huge so payoff. quickly into this. Yeah, it felt like there multiverse was multiverse age because they started with Thanos after the event of like the first Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. And there was so I mean years well, it, and years within Avengers, Loki yeah. is sent by Thanos, and that's explained as a yeah. plot point that shows up in the movie. Yeah, and it's like there's so much build off build up and there was so much payoff mm-hmm. in Infinity War and Endgame for like Infinity War him showing up and then Endgame him dying. Yep. And with this it's like, all right, bam, multiverses are here now, deal with it. Yeah. Um which I we've pretty much gone away from talking about Thor into our next point, which is To the, wrap it up, I'm gonna go back to Thor and say oh, yeah, honestly, yeah. the more I talk it out, the more frustrated I get in this movie. I think mm-hmm. I would give this movie a five point five. Wow. Which is that's a drop. Part of it is I also have to add this this is by far the greatest gap between my expectations for a Marvel movie yeah. and what I thought. Yeah. So I, if anyone out there thinks I went to this movie with the intention of crapping on it, I cannot tell you how wrong you are that this movie was supposed to be, I didn't even mention this, like, I loved Thor Ragnarok, I loved the Guardians movies, put them together now, and then, yeah. like, the Guardians were there for 20 minutes, That's something we didn't they even weren't talk funny, about. and then they were gone, and... It, it was just annoying, and they didn't get a lot of lines, and they weren't the, spunky, and it yeah. was just like, why did you do that? You could have had so many great interactions between Thor and every individual Guardian, yeah. but he like only talked to Star-Lord, and they left the team, and they were like, okay, bye, whatever. And then it was like, why did you waste something so good? Taika Waititi riding the Guardians? That could have been amazing. Yeah, it, it honestly, to me, what it felt like is they intended for the Asgardians of the Galaxy to happen, like, because... Endgame, that's set up. Thor is going off with them. Mm -hmm. It felt like they did that, and they were like, all right, cool, we're going to do that. And then once the movie came out, they found out from Disney executives, like, yeah, Guardians 3 and Thor are separate things. We are not, like... And they had to try and find a way around that because it's like, well, we left off with Thor hanging with the Guardians, and now we can't do anything with it, so we just got to make them leave in 20 minutes. I think that was part of my, like, frustration with, like, we were mentioning, like, post-credits things before we were talking about this movie, um, or before we started talking on this episode, and I think, like, that's why I've started to care less about Marvel's, like, end-of-movie reveals and post-credits scene, is because they built up something I was so excited for with Guardians and Thor, and then they did, it was 15 minutes of this movie, and then it was gone. Yep. And it just makes me feel like I don't get excited about things they show in their post-credits anymore because it's like, well, if you squandered something I wanted the most, I'm not going to get excited again. You're just going to let me down. Mm -hmm. That's what this movie made me feel like. It's like I don't want to get excited for these movies anymore. Yeah. I think overall the way I feel about the movie is I still did have fun, but only because it was a Thor movie. I I know it's stupid to say like, oh yeah, the lead actor with the character's name in Mm. the title carried the movie. But he kind of did. Yeah. So, I mean, like, really, I think if this 
so all these same issues were about any other like cast of characters, yeah. it would be a much worse movie for me. They mm-hmm. just threw a Thor coat of paint on a bad movie. Agree. And that was kind of the thing that saved it for me. Because I wanted to like Natalie Portman a lot. You get really hot muscle lady with a hammer. <laughs> it's a recipe for success, but like they just couldn't figure out what they wanted to do with her, the cancer thing. And I, I think the most redeeming quality of this movie is they didn't kill Thor because I really, really thought that it. I mean, they're clearly trying to wrap up the original six Avengers because yes. three of them are dead. Hawkeye got his kind of under, retirement show. Yeah, under my, from what I can tell, it seems like Hawkeye is retiring and passing it on to Kate Bishop, and then Hulk is like, I don't know if his arm is still hurt. I don't know what they're going to do with him. He'll be in She-Hulk. Yeah, the impression, which I'm sure he's going to be passing it on to her, the impression I got was Thor was the last of the OG six Avengers to still be functioning. Mm-hmm. And I really thought this was going to be like, all right, well, he's dead now. Mighty Thor is taking over. Jane Foster is going to be the new right. Thor. Um, but now he's a dad, which is awesome, because that's going to be really fun if they don't screw it up. We'll see. Yeah, they, they screwed up one thing that should have been really good, and made it Thor Love and Thunder more like Thor Mid and Thunder. <laughs> okay, anyway, so now we're gonna kind of yes. get. I we, mean, we've already talked about. We mentioned a lot of what we've said, but now we can put points. it into more of a context. The current state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which will uh, be you know fairly brief. I think this movie. Well, because it's the most recent movie, it does the best to encapsulate the current state of the cinematic universe that we're existing in. Mm -hmm. But um, there, there are some problems with Marvel right now, and I think, namely, biggest one, it's oversaturated. Too much, too fast. They're doing too much, too fast. Because we talked about it in Multiverse of Madness. We said like we finished Moon Knight, went and saw the multiverse the next day. Then Miss Marvel is coming out like a couple weeks after that, which I can't even catch up on. So I, I I have not made an attempt to watch it because they're doing so much that it's at a point now where it's back like I was when I was a kid. I'm just gonna watch the things with the characters I care mm-hmm. about. I don't care about Miss Marvel. Yeah. So I'm not gonna watch it unless it like ties into another character I do like. I'm not gonna waste my time on uh, the billionth project because they're doing so much so fast and they also i think one of marvel's big problems is you know everything they're doing they put out their like Mm -hmm. schedule for the phases like four or five years in advance so Mm -hmm. like it hasn't even been officially revealed but like we know the next movie is going to be black panther wakanda forever then ant-man quantumania then they're going to do, like, a Guardians holiday special. There's going to be an I Am Groot TV show. like Guardians 3 eventually, the Fantastic Four eventually, yeah, uh, Secret Wars, Secret Invasion, Armor Wars, all this yeah, stuff. It, like, you know every move they're going to make, uh-huh. and all the actors are getting leaked all the time. Like, there's no There was a plot leak for Black Panther, Black Panther 2, which people don't know is real or yet not, obviously. I, but. I didn't even read it because I was going to try and save myself some element of surprise. Yeah, I just... Wow, Black Panther 2 is another one of those movies that I'm lowering my expectations for immensely. Which, yeah... Part of it is not their fault. Obviously, it yeah. is not their fault that yeah. Chadwick Boseman passed away. Yeah. Which is... I'm still so wrecked about that. His performance as Black Panther is one of my favorites ever. Even him in Civil War, where he is not given much of a spotlight at all, Black Panther in Civil War is one of the coolest MCU characters ever. I didn't, for the longest time, I mean, because the movie came out when I was still younger and didn't really care about actors or, like, pay attention to him, 42, the, like, Jackie Robinson movie, is... I cannot tell you how much impact that movie had on my life. Like, I use... He's the reason I use 42 on everything I do ever. And I, like, seeing that, I just saw everybody posting about, like, Black Panther. And I was like, dude, I I went and posted the Jackie Robinson, like, not to be quirky or, like, different, but just because he... It was just so phenomenal. Yeah. 
In case you guys didn't know already, Chadwick Boseman was a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Um. I don't. We, there's. It goes without saying. Jaw dropped. I'm absolutely gonna. It, it's gonna hurt watching that movie. They, yeah. They better do it in a tasteful and genuine way. <sighs> Which is scary because how much do we trust Marvel to do that right now? Yeah. But if there's a single quip about him, I'm like, it's it's gonna be bad. Yeah. Um. So, like we've said, oversaturated. We've talked about they're doing like multiverses and timelines uh-huh. and cameos, and like they're doing too much. Yes. There are a billion characters all over the place, and I want to care about them all. Like, that's the thing is they make a lot of characters really likable, but it's like you have to have a bulletin board. With, like, thumbtacks and strings connecting everybody so you can get a sense of what's going on. It's, yep. it's that part from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie is like, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. And I think this is... Expectations are something that are both a studio and a fan community's fault. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's the fault of your marketing team when you give people these sort of expectations for every movie to have a billion cameos yeah and i think no way home which is probably by far my favorite phase four movie or Mm -hmm. and it's one of my favorite phase four projects for sure it created that expectation that marvel movies are going to come to the theater expecting multiple huge cameos i mean no way home of course had you're going to expect your own villains you're going to expect your own dad to show up on screen exactly like and I heard people with, like, of course, Multiverse of Madness, it marketed itself as a cameo movie and then wasn't. And Thor Love and, Thor, Love and Thunder didn't necessarily market itself that way, but, it like, previous movies had built up that expectation. Yeah. And it was following up on that. And I, it's a movie about gods, and they didn't fulfill Yeah. That. I think the only way they're going to be able to bring that back down is they're going to have to do several movies and projects in a row that are by themselves because mm-hmm. I mean they they did standalone Moon Knight is standalone Moonlight Moon Knight doesn't even for, like connect itself to the rest of the MCU no almost at all which is incredible and I mean that like I I kind I almost want to talk about it in its own episode but Moon Knight is easily my well What If is still my favorite show I think but if I give it enough time Moon Knight might be my favorite show and it's one of my favorite things I think Marvel has done ever. And it's not connected to anything else. Yep. Because for a long time, I thought, like, the reason I liked Marvel so much was because everything, like, tied in. You got to see all these cameos. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Thor is, like, showing up at the end of an Iron Man movie. What's happening? Yeah. But, like, Moon Knight has proven not everything has to be connected for it to be good. Absolutely. And, I mean, my favorite Marvel project is Daredevil. And that's my favorite thing that exists mm-hmm. in it until No Way Home. You know, Matt Murdock just exists yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Has no connection to the rest of the MCU. Yeah. So, I, I, I agree with you. I think, like, I what I loved so much about the MCU was its interconnectedness, but now that's my issue, mm-hmm. you know? As I used to be attached to so many of these characters, and it used to have... I'm, just say, I'm saying, like, used to, like, the good old days. There's been yeah. fine movies in this phase. Yeah. It's just... I don't know. When you have some... When you have multiple real duds within the same few movies, like... Black Widow was so passable with bad CGI. Ugh. Eternals was so long and not good. I'm Didn't sorry. Even see it. Don't stop defending Eternals. Just accept that it's bad. No Way Home was great. Shang-Chi was great. Multiverse of Madness was just mid. Love and Thunder was mid, or maybe even worse. I think the thing that's so disappointing to me is that, like, Phase 4 has had. Some of my favorite characters in the MCU. They had Spider Man, yeah, Doctor Strange, and a Thor solo movie where he would get to be with the Guardians. Literally, and one of those movies was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my top three Marvel characters are not in any particular order, but it's Doctor Strange, Spider Man, and Black Panther. Two of those three characters got a project in this phase. One of them was in a TV show where he got to be Star Lord, and he's gonna. I mean, it, Black Panther will get a movie. That episode was awesome. And this is the weakest phase for me. I, yeah. I honestly, like, I don't know. I mean, Thor 1 and 2 suck pretty bad. and But at least they didn't make me angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At least Thor The Dark World, at worst, is boring. And, like, Captain America 1 was eh for me. But I like, like that movie. 
But like even still, I think I still like Phase One more, and that really sucks because on Phase Four they've had over a decade to build on what they're good at and get like way better yeah. CGI. Like their budget should be higher. They know what they need to do now. It, it just the thing. I think the bottom line because we probably need to wrap this up soon. Yeah. Um, the bottom line is, in case you couldn't tell. We love Marvel yeah, and everything they do, and I think that's why it hurts so much that it's just sort of been on the downhill for a while is because we love these characters mm-hmm. so much. Like, we're not movie critics. We're not going into it looking for things to be bad. Like, I just want to enjoy a movie. Yeah, we want it to be awesome, and they just keep making these same mistakes. Yeah. And I, it, you know, it makes you worry. It makes you not want to get excited. Yeah. And I mean, if you're one of those people who's who's been like, ah, oh, yeah, like I've hated the MCU since the beginning, and you guys are all finally coming around. Like, first of all, screw you. Yeah. Second of all, I, no matter how you feel about Marvel, and I still, I may have plenty of my own gripes with it now, but what they've done is impressive. The way that they've connected so many characters on mm-hmm. the big screen, all these. You know, iconic figures and made, you know, nobodies into iconic figures like the Guardians of the Galaxy were never a big deal. Yeah. Iron Man was never the face of Marvel beforehand and now, you know, has stepped into such a spotlight and has become as much of a recognizable hero as, like, Spider-Man or the Hulk, which was never the case before. Mm-hmm. They've made so many great movies and basically almost single-handedly revived and reimagined the superhero genre of movies with the yeah. first Iron Man. Well, they I mean, no matter if you like it or not, there is literally no denying that Marvel has changed the way movies are made. Absolutely. Whether whether for the worse or better at the end of the day, like it, the MCU is probably maybe one of the most influential I mean, I think things. it's I think it's like the th- third or fourth it's in the top five most like wide-reaching media franchises in like on the face of the earth number one is pokemon i know like number two is hello kitty hello kitty is up there (laughs) harry which is weird harry potter i think winnie the pooh is up there yeah winnie the pooh is really really big in england yeah which is funny because they're not a very big part of the world and then you know like star wars mario mario but Regardless, it's just like, come on, Marvel. Take, I think, what they have to do, they have got to take their time on projects. Spread it out so that you can get excited. Because I want to be excited, but it's like, yeah, you, I, I think the analogy is this, like, if I show up to a restaurant and wait, like, 45 minutes on a steak, Mm hmm that steak is going to taste pretty freaking good because I've been waiting on it and wanting it. And, like, would it be awesome to have my food right away? Yes. But if you give me the food right away and then keep serving me dishes with no time to breathe, Uh I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Like, I may be upset for the 45 minutes I wait on that steak, but for the rest of my life, that will have been a good steak. Exactly. They've they've lost that touch. It's just like they're serving you fast food burger (laughs) that goes through your system and comes straight out, and you have tummy aches, and you're in pain. Even if it tasted really good at the beginning, and you got it fast, you're not going to appreciate that the rest of your life. All you're going to remember is the horrible poop you had. In the words of the immortal Shigeru Miyamoto, a good game... A good game delayed is forever good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Yeah, that's the and that's, way to that's say what it. this is. Big shiggy. Yeah, they, that's what I call them. <laughs> they they've got to take their time, spread out the projects, and I think they've got to close off the multiverse timeline stuff and start telling stories located in like one universe again. Yeah, which. I, the problem is, I don't know if they can do that. I feel like once you open that can of, can of worms, mm-hmm. it's going to be extremely hard to close it, and really bad if they ever try to open it again. Yeah, it's just... They're in a messy spot right now, and I felt... I also have... A kind of major Marvel issue I felt like I've had an issue with is 
they opened the multiverse and it felt like, oh, multiverse, bring in like the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And they're waiting so long to do what feels like the most obvious thing to do with your multiverse you've created is bring back in these characters from other projects that you haven't had the rights to for so long that now you can make movies about that are some of your most iconic characters from Wolverine, all the X-Men to, you know, of course, Mr. Fantastic and the Fantastic Four. But the thing is, I almost feel like at this point... I don't know if I want them to do that because I feel like it's good. Because there have been 13 Fox X-Men movies. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like... Like, these characters have had plenty of time to get developed. And I'm just worried, like, if you just throw them into the MCU now, is it going to undo everything that those movies were trying to do? Yeah. Well, plenty of those movies also weren't good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just I I don't want them to bring Hugh Jackman back because Wolverine needs to at least that Wolverine needs to be done. I think I'm yeah. fine if they do another one. They've actually been talking about getting a Taron Egerton. That's a dude from Rocket Man and Kingsman who's like mm. one of my favorite actors ever. They've been talking about getting him to do Wolverine, which I would flip. Um I would but, love for the guy who plays Billy Butcher on The Boys to be Wolverine. That'd be cool. Or any of the actors from The Boys. <laughs> so, I think long story short, we've got some critiques, but hey, we're not the ones making billion dollar movies, so yeah. what do we know? and of course I worry about that, that it's like, at this point, the MCU may just become a money printer with a fancy comic coat of paint, mm-hmm. and I can be upset about that. But I know that I'll be a part of the problem because I'll want to go back and watch the movies until I can feel something again in my soul. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So, at the end of a somewhat depressing episode, I'm Sam. I'm Mitch. And next time you think about going to see a Marvel movie, go to Dave & Buster's instead. Amen. Dave & Buster's, please sponsor us. Out!